Hey, what's up, my man? How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, man. Oh, I can't believe I have you on Content Inspire. That is, oh. Man, yeah. you're reading my mind. I, I'm thrilled I get to talk to you and spend an hour with you, brother. Yeah, you know what? I did see the uh, SIRS, po- uh, SIRS podca- podcasting video that you did with good friends of mine. So the fact have you on here and just able to talk, the opportunity to talk to you and just learn from you. I have a feeling it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, we're going to have a good time, buddy. Those are a great bunch of guys, dude. We keep a pretty pretty tight network. It's by no means an exclusive one. Uh, come one, come all. We welcome all different opinions, all different viewpoints, all different backgrounds. And that's why I feel like so much work and productivity is accomplished, just because everyone seems to be moving in the right direction, trying to achieve the same goal. And uh, even if some of them are less conventional than others, man, that's what I love because those guys always force me into a growth mentality. And that's also one of the reasons why I was excited to join yours because you're very much so of this community. We know the same people. We have the same types of visions. And, uh, and it's just, a, it's unique, man. Anytime we can kind of bridge those, those gaps and have meaningful conversations about how to make this industry better, or even just give people a better understanding of it, it's certainly an opportunity I jump at. Well, you know what? Normally, I start with an introduction, since this is Content Inspire episode 14. But I think that we're starting off the conversation so amazing. Let's just get into it, my man. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. So first question right off the bat. What is your why? The reason you attack the day 100% no bullshit well first of all i like the fact that uh now i know i don't have to use a filter with you because sometimes i never quite know and Mm -hmm. i have to mute and edit myself and that's something i absolutely hate to do i like to give people a very granular authentic look into who i am and how i function so filters aside no bullshit away we go Uh, away we go i've always felt that my purpose in life is to provide and take care of my family that i was born into and I, I, I can't really explain it other than it's just always felt like it's my calling. Uh, I've got somewhat of a protector mentality. So anytime I have the opportunity to help somebody or make their life a little bit easier or improve their quality of life a little bit more, I take it as a very personal mission forward. So I feel like I've been given such a gift, such a blessing. And All I want to do is try and share with people to try and help elevate their station, elevate their quality of life. And so my why is since branched out from my existing family. And now I just want to help as many people as I can. That's why my platform means so much to me. It's kind of a two pronged approach. You know me for the for the Vaso six and for the ingredient innovation and business side. Mm. But I found that. The way that I'm able to connect and grow with people online, uh, on Instagram specifically, that's where I've put the emphasis of my work, has has been such a rewarding part, man. I have so many meaningful, in-depth conversations with strangers every day, strangers that are no longer that, and now they've become friends. And so the why is genuinely connecting with people, authentic, genuine connections, nothing generic, nothing cheap, nothing copy and paste. And if you can make someone's day and life a little bit better, a little happier, uh, there's no greater feeling. I've always said when I was a kid, 
I would be the guy at the baseball game that would want to stay behind and sign autographs. Like what a cool thing to do to just sign your name to a piece of paper and make a little kid smile. And if ever I found myself in that position, that's exactly what I'm going to do. If I can, if my mere presence makes somebody a little bit happier or my work adds a little bit of value to someone's life, that's my why. You know what? I am so happy I brought you on to Content Inspire because the guests that I've had on board all have something special in regards to them wanting to do something within the industry and not even for themselves, for others. So thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners. And I know the people at home um, will certainly appreciate that on another level. It's Um, truly an honor to be here, brother. Honestly, I I love sharing. And I think any entrepreneur would uh, have to shamelessly admit to you that any opportunity we have to talk about our business and the way that it maybe touches people is something that we all jump at. So uh, I appreciate you sharing your platform with me just to talk about what it is I do and how I do it and what I love about the entire journey of it. Okay, thank you. So another quick question that I'm dropping, what made you want to co-found or make an ingredient as badass as Bezo 6 that's used in so many different brands within the industry. Like just a day or two ago, I saw seven time Mr. Olympia, Phil Heath was raving about that ingredient and how much of a fucking genius you are, man. You know, that, that is definitely a fun question because I spent 14 years in medical device, which is to say for a decade and a half, I was scrubbing into operating rooms and working Mm -hmm. with some of the finest doctors around. And I saw some of the gnarliest cases that you can possibly imagine. I've seen just about everything and I've seen things that have just made me cry my eyes out. And so I've always had a fond appreciation for anatomy, physiology. My background Mm -hmm. is an athlete. I was a football player, basketball player, baseball player, track, snowboarder, MMA, all that stuff. And being able to intertwine the two synergize my athletic background with what I know about B2B sales business as a whole and medicine. It just seemed like the organic fit. And I also love the personality that I always knew. I always had a calling that no matter what it is, what, what I was trying to do, I knew I was going to do it as an entrepreneur, not, not working for someone else, not being beholden to a company and which side of the bed they chose to wake up on that day. I knew that I had to take my fate into my own hands. And, and so I did, I not arrogantly, please understand that. But Mm -hmm. I remember talking to my dad before I launched this venture because I said, look, I've, uh, I'm, I'm selling everything I own. I'm getting rid of literally everything I own. Every possession I have is gone and I'm driving my, car and with a tiny little u-haul and i mean the smallest u-haul you can rent all the way from new mexico to florida to set up shop at the university of south florida research park and really start diving into intellectual property and see if i can come across things that make sense to me and understand see if i can dive into work that fits my background that i can develop further put some patents on, put some research behind, commercialize. And at the end of the day, if it passes all of my tests, see if I can push that forward in the markets to help kind of change people's lives. So 
I was looking to develop a performance oriented, all encompassing lifestyle ingredient. And, and a lot went into that. A lot of rejection went into that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, uh, I learned as I went and, and it was the craziest thing for, for years. I didn't have a name to it. I didn't even have a physical product to it. What I had was numbers and letters and trying to make sense of what it is I was reading and how I could apply it. And it was a trail of breadcrumbs. And ultimately I was, I was just piecing a puzzle together and trying to make it make sense. And so ultimately when I finally felt that I had the specific recipe, the specific catechins, and I want to talk about the word propon, uh, uh, proprietary for a moment. When mm-hmm. we come across a proprietary blend in the supplement space, that's a taboo word, as it should be, because I'm I'm very big into transparency, which is why, you know, my Instagram following is very public. I engage with people. If they have questions, I like to answer them. Mm-hmm. Um, so transparency is key. So I, I'm not a fan of proprietary blends, but what I have is a proprietary set of catechins and what those catechins are, the differentiators that make my product unique and different away from all the other stuff that's out there, specifically green tea extracts. And a lot of people will, will kind of try to make the criticism of, well, you're just a green tea extract. I'm the green tea extract, and I know that. That's why my stuff has patents on it. That's why my work is peer-reviewed and published. And if you are to think about it as far as the automotive industry, a Ford Pinto and a Lamborghini are both cars, but they're not the same, are they? And so what I can do is discern what makes my product different than unique, aside from what the other guy is telling me he thinks my product is. And it's because I've got a specific proprietary blend of catechins that no other products on the market have, because what I realized in my research is there's so much filler. There's so much non-bioactive uh, material in green tea mm-hmm. extract. And so I spent my time uh, going through chromatography and isolating these catechins, measuring their weights, seeing what reacted in the body on rat aorta, on cellular levels, human and animal. And before you knew it, after years of doing this type of work, I understood what I had. And that's a whole nother conversation because when I actually had my light bulb moment and I knew what I had, it scared the shit out of me just because uh, I, 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 I felt entirely uh, unqualified. Well, I was going to ask you if you had an I made it moment, but you literally just answered right then and there. Um, wow. This is this is yeah, this is some mind blowing shit. Wow. Yeah, and, 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 I'll, and I'll walk you through what I mean by that. I'll qualify the statement a little bit further because I, I did my research. I saw the way that it responded on cells. I saw the way that it responded mm-hmm. in animals. And then I started going through preclinical work. And what preclinical means, I was conducting human trials. We just weren't publishing because they were small trials. Uh, a preclinical is basically me proving a theory, proving my hypothesis. And so I'd get a small sample size, and it's not even st- statistically significant. I'm talking five people. I'm not talking 12, 15, 20, where you can get a big statistical significance. And, and that's something that's very relevant when you're publishing and creating data. You have to have statistical significance. I wasn't looking for that. I was simply trying to prove theory to shape 
the landscape of the studies that I would publish. And so I did a lot of preclinical work in humans. And in doing so, I learned a whole lot of things about what it is I have. And as I was going down that rabbit hole, and I started understanding mechanisms of action, and I started understanding how this relates to the world around me, whether it be cosmetic, one-a-day health, metabolism, blood flow, blood pressure, cardiovascular health, endurance, respiratory cognition, all these things I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at not only human, but animal as well. And then when I finally substantiated what it is I knew I had, I've, I'm, I've, I can't even tell you how uh, I actually got scared because I thought that this was so special and I wanted it to touch so many lives. I was like, I'm not the guy to do this. This is amazing. This is a breakthrough. And please forgive me. This isn't a humble brag, but I legitimately felt that this is one of the greatest breakthroughs in the past century because I felt that I had cracked the code with my team about what makes green tea extract special and offers medicinal benefits. We've all known that green tea extract has medicinal benefits, but nobody can tell you the specifics as to why, but I can. And that's why I would take that Pepsi challenge with anybody that that challenges otherwise. I can explain why mine does what it does. They usually can't. And so it's because of that and the vast reach that I wanted to touch uh, people and animals with I was like, I'm not the guy. I've never done this before. And I, I even said it to my dad before I moved out there. I said, look, I've, I've done pretty well for myself in business as an employee. I've represented my companies well. I've always been a top performer. And it's time. I'm 34 years old, and, and I'm going to bet on myself and see if I'm any good or not. And now is kind of the, the foundation of I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and bet on myself and see if it pays off. And when I realized what I had created... And now what I had, it was an incredibly humbling moment because I felt that it could do so much good for so many people. And I had no idea where to start. And I felt like I was uh, doing a massive disservice to countless industries and countless individuals all around the world that here in my hand, I hold this wonderful thing that has human substantiation, peer reviewed and published. It's a phenomenal product that offers all these different medicinal benefits. And I don't know how to get it to them. Am I the right guy? And if I'm not, who is the right guy? Who can help me? Because it was more important for me to get it to the right people than it was for me to go big on my own and cash in, so to speak. And so that was always the goal is how do I get this to the most people as fast as possible? And ultimately that's what led me to Compound Solutions because I wanted a top quality distributor. And by the way, I didn't even know I needed that. I didn't even know companies like them existed. And after a couple of years of trying to figure it out, it finally materialized and I got to have those meaningful discussions. Wow. Um, For all the listeners at home, I hope that you guys are writing all of this down because (laughs) no, for real, like in all honesty, you put in all the work, you went 100% all in in wanting to become your own entrepreneur, become your own boss, you found something and you weren't scared enough to pull the trigger. You don't know how many people are 80, 90% there and then 10% they pussy out. Yep. And yeah, that just, that blows my mind. You know, um, I'll share a story with you that I've never told out loud before. 
and and it's going to be incredibly humbling. It's even going to be for some gross, but let's, I'll just paint some context for you. Um, my, my, my company, like I was struggling so badly. I just could not crack the code. I was banging mm-hmm. my head against the wall for so long and it was, it was killing me. I, I'm telling you right now, like I'd, I'd sold all my possessions. I was sleeping on an air mattress in a basement and <laughs> I, I remember I'd get, uh, I would clip coupons and I would go to target and I'd buy like a buy one, get one kielbasa and one day I cut it in half and I was like, okay, so I can have kind of a lunch and a dinner tonight. And then I realized, oh my God, I don't have any money anymore. Now I'm going to have to cut it into fourths and then into eighths. And, and I lost like 30 pounds. I was, I'm six two. I was walking around at about 160 because I was, I was legitimately starving and I could no longer afford medical insurance. And so I didn't have any type of health care whatsoever. And my body was depleting. I was getting incredibly depressed. Mm-hmm. And the person that I was living with at the time had a two-year-old and she came back from like a, like a pre-K daycare and she had a little bug and that little bug got me so sick. It nearly killed me. And she was taken care of and, and, and went on to live a happy little healthy life. But for me, I got very, very sick and it was like a, it was pneumonia. It was a flu. And it was other things that I have no idea about, but ultimately what had happened is I was, when I, when I really got hit with this thing, mm-hmm. I went and slept in a bathtub because I would go from extremely high fevers and then to extremely cold chills. And so my body could not regulate itself and I couldn't keep fluids in. And so my body was evacuating fluids in every way that you can imagine and in this, in this state of depression, in this state of my body's giving up, my mind is giving up, I would, I would literally, because I spent 48 hours in the tub. I didn't move. And, Whoa. I, <laughs> and I, would, <laughs> I would go back and forth from, from filling the tub with hot water to cold water, hot water to cold water. And I was throwing up on myself. I was shitting on myself. I, I'm telling you, I was, I was as humbled as it could be because I... I was dying. Like my body was quitting. And I remember telling myself just to try and get me into a mindset, a mental mindset of victory. I was like, if I'm meant to bring this product to the world, I'm going to live. And if I'm not, I'm going to die. And so that's just kind of the thing that helps fuel me forward is if it's meant to be, it will be. And if it's not, it's going to stop here and now. And I've always kind of kept that mentality of like, it's not a matter of sink sink or swim. It's a matter of live or die. And I wanted to give everything I had into developing this company and this brand and this product because I felt that the people in the world that needed it most deserved a fighting chance. And so that's, you know, kind of the the turning point in the mm-hmm. development of my product was putting myself into the right mindset for success. If I can beat this thing that I can't even put a name to, and if I can survive it, my, if my body can fight it off, and, and if my mind can stay strong, there's nothing I can't defeat. There's no obstacle I can't overcome. And sure enough, it went from dark to light. The fever broke. I started coming out of it. I got myself brushed off, cleaned up, and got to work and got back to solving problems. And you just solve one after the other after the other. 
And sometimes as an entrepreneur in business, you can be your best asset or your worst enemy. And I refuse to let some negative type of thoughts enter my mind that I wasn't the guy anymore. I had to accept the fact that I am the guy and I'm not going to go out and look for the guy because no one will ever care for this as much as I will. No one will ever fight as hard as I will to develop this product and bring it to people. you so much for sharing that and i literally got chills damn um so just i'm gonna drop another question but this is like me looking at your instagram sure 100 have no filter and you speak your mind have you always been like that or was there like a switch a moment where you said i don't give a fuck i'm saying and doing what i want that's one of my most favorite questions I've ever been asked. Um, I've grown up my whole life, and I've always told people, uh, I've always been misunderstood. And okay. as I got older, I, I took it more as a compliment, whereas when I was younger, I thought it was a character deficiency. I'm like, I just see things differently through a different lens. And the way that I describe it is, from, from my earliest moments in life, I've never subscribed to society's blueprint. People would always say, house on the hill, marry two kids and a dog with a picket fence. And I'm like, fuck that. That's, I want to change the fucking world, and I'm going to. And in order to do that, I'm not going to landlock myself and domesticate myself prematurely. I'm going to take advantage of my peak years to earn, grow, and innovate. And so when I had first graduated college, my mentality was, if I'm awake and breathing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get paid to be alive. And I had countless jobs. I had five. I was a gopher at an insurance company. I worked at a gym. I was a bouncer. I was a PE teacher for a couple hours a day. And gosh, there was one other stupid thing I did. But literally, all I did was work. And it wasn't because I was cash hungry. It was because I was network hungry. I wanted to put myself and my work ethic out there and be recognized and noticed as somebody that would throw down and dig in because I had a, a deep rooted fear of failure. And again, I don't mean this as a humble brag, but I'm just going to speak honestly with you. I, I was the guy that kind of had everything. I was like the, the stereotype in movies, high school quarterback, Johnny next door. And mm -hmm. my, my coach despised me for a number of different reasons. And m many of which, I was a snowboarder. I had shaggy long hair, as you've seen. I had tattoos. I went out and had fun on the weekends. I got into a lot of fights. I drank beers. And, and I was not the conventional quarterback that he had hoped to represent his team. And so my approaches have always been different, but they've always been honest. And even through college, and this is funny because one, one – <laughs> I'll get into this a little bit later, but I've, I've got a guy that's going to write a book about me. And, and I told him, I said, look, I'm not the guy you want to talk to. I said, but I'll put you in touch with all of my friends and they can talk all the shit about me. They want, because the best stories come from my friends. And one of my, Oh favorites... my God. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of my favorite stories is uh, the athletic director of my university called a meeting of all female athletes. And they said, if you get caught, <laughs> if you get caught at Matt Nickerson's house or at a party where he's at, you will fucking forgo your scholarship 
sign right here in acknowledgement of this. And I'll never forget my athletic trainer, Rick Lemke, was in the room. And he says, Jesus Christ, they just opened up Pandora's box. He's like, for anyone living under a rock that doesn't know Matt Nickerson is now dying to know Matt Nickerson. And so oh, they always treated me like I was this, uh, <laughs> this poisonous character, this bad guy. Even my friends growing up, their parents thought that I was the troublemaker because they'd go home and say, well, Matt got into a fight. And that was the end of the story. What they never told contextually is the reason I got into a fight is because I helped your son not get his ass kicked. You know, like I've always taken care of and protected people. I've never picked on anyone, never bullied anybody, but I've always stood tall for those that can't. And so I enjoy the fact that I'm finally able to start telling my story a little bit. And a lot of my biggest critics growing up, even family members, I had a family member say, no, I'm not going to write him a letter of recommendation out of high school because he'll just, uh, he'll be a drunk and he'll fail out within his first semester. And then ultimately, when I go on to graduate with two degrees, she gives me a check for five dollars. And oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, I was, that's so nice. Yeah. That's so nice. Don't break the bank. And so I've always had to deal with certain resentments in my life and people that just don't know how to quite understand or take me. And it's only in the recent years that people understand that I've always had a method to my madness. The reason I would go out and have the fun that I had is because my work was already finished. I had worked out for the day. I did my homework. My, I was, my grades were good. It takes a lot to be a student athlete. And I was mm -hmm. a quarterback in high school and in college, but I always took care of business and I always had a nice balance of fun and recreation after the fact. And I've always been a rambunctious, rowdy, aggressive type of personality. And so people be like, well, you get into a lot of fights. I'm like, of course I do. Like, what's more fun than that? And, and so... <laughs> They, they, would, they would think that I was a bad guy. And I'm like, I don't have any bad. I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> like, oh, it was my freshman year. And I went and got into a fight at a park. And I was stoked. I was listening to fucking Welcome to the Jungle on my way there. Uh, I thought it'd be funny to, like, wear my little Everest shorts like I was a pro boxer. I was just going to go have fun, dude. I was going to go throw my hands around. And I fought a guy that was younger, or not younger than me, but smaller than me. And, and I kicked his fucking ass, but God, dude, he kicked the fuck out of me too. And I could not put him away, but he couldn't put me away. And after just slugging the shit out of each other for a while, I just kind of, I called for a couple beers and I tossed him one and we cheers and we just went on and had a great fucking time that night. And so I've never taken the whole fighting thing as a personal thing. It was just kind of like, to me, it's what guys do. We have a little fun. We roughhouse a little bit. You shed blood with somebody and you kind of, form a brotherhood with them. And so, as I said, I've always been misunderstood. My actions have never quite resonated with people outside of my immediate circle. And as my own personal brand and the way that I do things started to actually take hold and garner some success, I'm now starting to get the benefit of the doubt from people like I've never had before. And so it's been a nice transition of people have always thought that I was just this wild child demon to stay away from. But what they don't realize is there was never anything fake about me. And at the very least, we can agree that take it or leave it. I'm going to give you the real unedited version. And, and a lot of people seem to, to resonate with that nowadays because in a world of fakeness, there's, there's a refreshing small amount of people that are at the very least going to going to give you the real version of who they are. Mm -hmm. 
Correct. We like in within the fitness industry, social media, you name it. How many people are fake as fuck? You could basically you can count with the fingers in your hand how many are actually real, authentic, will be exactly the same person that they are that that they portray on social media. Um, supplement industry roundtable, those guys, you, yep. you name it. Uh, it's. It, I would rather want a real person that speaks their mind exactly who they are compared to a fake person that's always worried about their image, quote unquote, um, crumbling because if they say the wrong thing, they post the wrong picture. They, nah, man, F that. 100%. You know, there's a guy that followed me from the very early stages. His name is Bass. And he's up in Montana and he happens to just come down my way in New Mexico. And, and he's like, hey, I'm in New Mexico. He's like, I would love to meet you. And I was like, I'll do you one better, dude. Meet me at the gym and I'm going to take you to breakfast, man. Like, let's, let's, go, let's go have a day of it. And we go and we, we smash in the gym and we go have a, a great breakfast. We're just hanging out. And then we come back to my house. I'm showing him my little trophy wall of, of supplements that I'm just so proud of. And, and he's like, gosh, dang it. I left my sunglasses somewhere. And this isn't a big part of the story. It's just a part of the story. And I was like, well, here, take a pair of mine. Um, I wouldn't want to go all the way back to Montana without any good sunglasses on because I hate being outside without them on my face. But so I give him a pair of sunglasses. And as he's walking off, he turns back and he's like, fuck, you really are you, dude. He's like, yeah. you're, you're, you're the guy from online. You're exactly the guy online as you are in real life. He's like, I, he's like, I thought you would be, but he's like, it's, it's just amazing that you really are. And, and that's, it's nothing I'm trying to portray that to people. Cause I get asked, you know, I'll do a Q and a from time to time. And, and I can dude, I'm telling you, it just infuriates me when people want to talk to me about money and shit, because it just, it, it's a sore spot with me because I, Mm-hmm. I don't flash it. I don't talk about it. I, it's, it's not my end all be all pursuit of everything I care about. And so when I'm not talking about it and other people feel entitled to talk about it, it's annoying. Cause what I fancy myself is somebody that came up very blue collar. My, my dad got his start as a cook. My mom is a waitress. And after probably a long, boring shift, they made me. So I have to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So I grew up very poor, dude. I didn't have a lot, but I had more than what I needed. I played all the sports. I had all the equipment and I have all the memories to go along with just a wonderfully simple, blessed childhood. They worked their asses off. They both elevated their station. Um, my dad went on to do some tremendous government work with very high level clearances. My mom is an entrepreneur. She started her own nonprofit Montessori school, been in business 25 years. And, and that's my foundation of how I was raised. So it, I will always have the, the down to earth guy next door. Like I don't want to go sit down and have a snobby three martini lunch with some D bag dude with a pop collar. Like I want to go have a beer with somebody in a dirty pub. Okay. So I'll certainly keep that in mind when we go have a beer at a dirty pub for sure. <laughs> bro. And um, man, that just, that just blows me away. The fact that you're, yeah, you had everything that, you needed growing up as a kid and that your, that your parents did right by you at the end of the day above and beyond. And that's the funny thing. I always tell them, I'm like, and, and this is a quote I've heard. So I'm going to paraphrase, but 
the older I got, the smarter they got, you know, and when you're young, you think your parents don't know what the hell they're doing and they don't have a clue. But as, as I got older, boy, did they seem a lot wiser. And my poor dad, man, I put him through hell because as I said, dude, every weekend, and I, and I mean that in the literal sense, it was every weekend I got into a new fight. I'd go home and I would actually tally up a notch in my, in my headboard of another fight that I had just had. And my dad, <laughs> God love him. Like I was just making him go gray, dude, prematurely. He was always worrying about me. And he had to finally start sleeping with a mouthpiece in just because he would grind his teeth, wondering what the hell kind of shit I'm getting into. And so I didn't make life as easy on them as I could have. Uh, but I'm most certainly going to make the rest of his life as easy on him as I can. And that's, um, that's honorable and mad respect your way. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you, brother. It's, I think, I think that's what we owe our parents, man. They gave me the foundation and the start in life that I needed. You know, they didn't give me what they want, uh, what I wanted. They gave me what I needed. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, uh, it's just the right thing to do, man. You get to a certain place in life and all you want to do is take care of the people that have always taken care of you. And the people that have supported me along the way, it's, uh, it's outrageous. That's why I, I kind of snicker at the people that talk about it. I'm self-made. I'm like, the fuck you are. Somebody believed in you at some point. Somebody cared for you and loved you at some point because they fucking did for me. I did not get here by myself. I'm not a one-man band. I'm a team player, dude. And I've had so many people dive in and build me to where I could become this and achieve this and grow this because of them that I refuse to ever say that I got here because I'm that good or I've, I've got this silver bullet and I've got it all figured out. I, dude, I don't have shit figured out. I do not have the answers, but I know the fucking questions. Damn. So just to pivot and just to ask um when you work out what music are you listening to you know i've got a wide range of things and I've, I've said this before and i think anybody that works out can appreciate this if my grandmother could hear the way i speak to myself and i'm in the gym she'd cry her fucking eyes out um because i don't get to where i get with happy thoughts i get there with very dark thoughts oh and so okay. i look for a lot of tempo music um, I'll even give you another one. There's, there's a, there's a song and I feel like the, the name of the band is like ashes remain or something like that. And it's called without you. And anyways, when that song comes on, it just takes me to a different gear. And it's a very, it's a very soft, somber song. It's not hardcore. It's not aggressive, but it reminds me of my best friend, Ryan, that died after 31 years of friendship. I've known him since I was, he was five years old and he was the first friend I ever made. And he was able to look past this weird, awkward kid with glasses and shaggy hair. All he wanted to do was play catch in baseball. And so we did, and we never stopped. And in fact, his dying wish of the top five things he wanted to do before he died, because we knew it was coming, was to play catch with me one more time. And so we did that. But when that song comes on, I think about his life. I think about the promises I made to him on his deathbed. And it takes me to a place of growth. And the growth is always painful. You know, you, you don't grow mm -hmm. in places of comfort. Nope. You grow in places of pain. 
And so for me, if I'm able to take myself mentally to a place of darkness and pain, that's where I get more out of myself than uh, if I were to ever put on something like Slipknot. So I've got a wide range of things. So I've got, I've got songs that take me to a sad place. I've got tempo, hardcore rock that takes me to an angry place and, and a few things in between. So it's, it's a wide genre of rap, rock, um, a little bit of soul, a little bit of jazz, and, and everything has its own little mood. There's times where I'll even put, uh, you know, uh, Three Doors Down. They've got that song, uh, Here Without You. And for some reason, I was just thinking about, about one of my buddies, <clears throat> excuse me, about one of my buddies that passed mm-hmm. away recently. And I had that song on repeat for like uh, 45 minutes. And, and I think about these people who aren't here anymore. And I just, I have got to live life to the fullest. And I'm, and I'm not trying to cliche you to death, mm-hmm. but I really do think about these people in the present. I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to give it everything I have for me, for them, keep my promises to them and live like we're dying, dude. So a lot of the music I listen to is very emotional and it can even be very sad. Um, but it's intentional because it guts me and it takes me to a place of growth. Okay. Um, thank you for sharing that with, Always, with me, with the listeners, because I know that when the listeners do listen to this episode, it's going to be a special one, honestly. Uh, I've got, this is the most chills I've ever gotten ever recording an episode. You've got a phenomenal audience, brother, but you... You're, you're, you're such a good conversationalist. You understand the nuance of conversation, how to ask great questions that people want to know to cut through the generic. So, I mean, this, this is just such a pleasant, easy conversation for me to have, man. We're, we're having some fun. Wow. Um, thank you for saying that. I kind of like the feedback that I've gotten from the podcast, right, is that there's only so many questions that you can ask individuals about their products, about their services. And when you start getting more into natural conversations and their personality and stuff like that, it's just, it fucking shines, dude. It just makes a deeper connection. So um, I'm proud, honored to have you on board on this episode. And yeah, this is, we're having fun. I knew it'd be a strong connection, dude. When you when you asked me to be on it, I was like, hell yeah, this is a no-brainer. It's just the 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 philosophical alignment that would go into the conversation. It would it would most definitely resonate with your audience and your listeners. They they would pick it up, man. It's it was uh, Friday. Put it this way, Friday today could not get here soon enough for me. Wow, and yeah, guys, I did reach out to Matthew um, through DM like a um like a fanboy <laughs> but in all honesty i just reached out i just reached out and i was like you know what if the supplement industry roundtable the best guys in the industry that i know had you on board then i just had to have a conversation with you i just had to talk to you and learn from you because every single time that i do these episodes with people in the industry i'm learning from them yeah um so hell to the yes <laughs> yeah baby that's what's up Oh, so are there any shows on Netflix or anything that you watch? You know what? Yes. 
<laughs> First Ooh. one is going to surprise people. The British Baking Show. Love it. Can't get enough of it. It's charming as shit. It is so wonderfully charming. It lightens my heart. It's, it's quintessential British humor at its finest. It's old school. It's new school. Um, they just have such charming hosts and, and wonderfully adorable contestants. And it's not even for money, dude. Like, it's just for the sheer pride and love of the game. And that's what everything is about to me, man. It's, it's not just money, dude. You just have to take a personal love of self to, to prove who you are to yourself, to your fans, to, to whomever matters to you, whatever that means to you. And, and it teaches me things. So anytime I'm able to, to watch something and entertain myself with areas that I have absolutely zero experience or understanding, it makes me happy. So I enjoy looking at these people bake and create. I like seeing their artistic creative sides come out. And I like seeing something start as nothing and end as everything. So just conceptually, it speaks to many aspects of my personality. Um, I, I would say another show that I really am interested in and I'm five seasons in, it's called The Blacklist, and it's uh, with James Spader. Mm. And he's just, he's considered the criminal concierge because he's this worldly sophisticated, uh, sensational conversationalist that just knows how to connect and network and communicate with people. He creates angles, he sees around corners. And the cerebral strategy that he employs into his day-to-day and the way that he gets people to buy into him, it's, it's a pretty special thing. It's very thought-provoking. It's the type of show that you can certainly pull pieces from that would resonate with you. And he's the anti-hero. He's the kind of guy that you can find yourself rooting for, even though you know all the bad things about him. You're just kind of drawn in and captivated by it. Okay. Well, the second that we're done with this episode, I'm gonna watch the British Baking Show off. <laughs> I'm, the Brit- I'm gonna, I'm, gonna I'm, wait, I'm, I'm gonna start. Why not? And I have heard great things about um, the Blacklist. So yeah, it is, it is, it is a fun show, dude. I watch Peaky Blinders, dude. I mean, I watch Hallmark movies, dude. So like every Christmas, one of my favorite things is to make kind of a peanut butter whiskey and hot chocolate with marshmallow. Only two cups, never three, because that's too much sugar. Mm-hmm. But you, you pop a couple of those in, and you, you get the Christmas lights going, and you start watching some corny, cheesy Hallmark movies that are just so ridiculously predictable and fun. And so I'll watch a lot of those silly things. And again, I'll watch the old school, grimy, Peaky Blinders, uh, mob, criminal, gangster movies, stuff like that. Uh, so I always have that bit of action that I want to see a little bit of action, but I like having a bit of variety to just kind of balance everything out. So everything in, in healthy doses in moderation. Okay. So one quick question. I know that the gaming of the sports nutrition industry right now is starting to pop in some nootropics that are geared towards gaming, right? Yes, sir. So do you game? Do you play any video games? Do you do any of that good fun stuff? You know what? I do, but not the way people think. So I was born in 1979. I was an 80s kid and I was a 90s teenager. So that should tell you some about my rambunctious personality. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We looked for ways to pretty much kill ourselves growing up. And if we didn't, we were surprised by the fact that we didn't. 
And I don't get offended, man. Like, in fact, anytime people make fun of me, I usually laugh about it because they're probably right. And so those two types of things went into the fact that gaming, in essence, stopped for me in the 90s. Like, I've, I've got down on the Super Nintendo, but what yep. I've done actually very recently is bought the mini old school Nintendo and the mini old school Genesis, uh, Sega Genesis. Yes. And so there's something so nostalgic and fun about playing these 16-bit, horribly digitized graphic games. But even the, the, it's not even the graphics, it's the sound, it's the audio, it's the experience that just takes you back to when you were 11 years old, begging your mom to let you out of the house to go down to the neighbor's three blocks over so you could play his gaming system. And so I've never gotten into the, the first-person shooters. I couldn't tell you what PS number we're on today. But the old school gaming just gives me a tremendous pleasure because it reminds me of such a wonderful childhood that I had. It's just all nostalgia to me. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me, my man. I know um, <laughs> from my own experiences, I was born in, what, 91? But I would still play um, the Nintendo, the freaking NES, the Segas. Yeah. Um, my mom would pulled out the Atari one time and I was like, what the fuck is that? Let's go. <laughs> and yeah, the joysticks, dude, they were too oh. much. Yeah, so basically all of those old games, it's incredible to play them um, and see where gaming is nowadays. I'll, I love role-playing games, right? So I'm a huge yep. fan of like Final Fantasy or Diablo and to go back and games started mind-blowing dude <laughs> such an experience dude i'm telling you man and it's the kind of thing that you just you love it for in fact my sophomore year i wrote a thesis about why gaming is uh dangerous and everyone's like how could gaming be dangerous i'm like have you not gotten to the end of super mario brothers and king koopa killed you for the 1900th time and you can't beat him and you want to put your head through the fucking tv <laughs> that's the shit i'm talking about i'm like you, you just it's these funny memorization games and they just keep getting you. And they're so, they're almost so silly and slow. You're like, how do I keep losing this? Am I that bad? Um, but dude, gaming has always been fun for me. And, and seriously, I'm not really good at it. Uh, my, my gaming accomplishment would be super Nintendo. I believe it's super Mario brothers four. And I can beat the whole game using only Luigi. And I always oh, thought that was like God. a cool thing. Yeah, so that was his, that was like the zenith of my gaming success. So ever since I, I started dating my wife mm -hmm. and all that good fun stuff for the last five years, then now that's when I'm big into Mario because she absolutely loves Mario, so we're playing all the games. Um, yeah. So you telling me that? Mad jealous. <laughs> Mad jealous. <laughs> Dude. You know, there's a level in there where you actually have to go far distances. And usually people have to use uh, the princess because she can float. Mm -hmm. But he can jump so high. That's his gift. You know, Toad is very strong. Mario is kind of the all-in-one with, with a little bit of limitation. But Luigi can just jump super, super far. And so I always thought it was cool that I could beat the whole thing with the one guy. But beyond that, dude, I, like, I don't think I've ever beat Mike Tyson to Mike Tyson's punch out. Um, don't think I've ever beat Metroid, even with cheat codes. Uh, but I've had the time of my life playing them, dude. So game wise, hold a special place in my heart. Well, 
I just wanted to say thank you so much for being on Content Inspire. It was an amazing experience having you on, having the opportunity to interview you. Um, I'll make sure to link down below your Instagram and all that good fun stuff. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you. Thank you. Brother, the pleasure is truly mine, dude. You're doing great things in the industry. You're putting a lot of light onto the people and the industry as a whole. And it just makes me happy to see it. So even being able to contribute to that in a very small form or fashion, it's, it's not only my pleasure, but in, in large in part a responsibility because what we have here and what we're a part of is just something so fun and special. It's great being around athletes that look at themselves and only see areas that they want to improve. And that's something I think we can all get behind, man. Like, let's just make ourselves better and celebrate those that you see making themselves better. And so getting to share in that with your platform, dude, was an absolute pleasure. Well, listeners, till uh, the next episode. And uh, thank you, guys. Later. Later. Boom.